you found a message that was delivered at Living Streams Community Church in McCordsville, Indiana. We are praying the time you invest hearing God's Word encourages you in your walk with Jesus and inspires you to share Him with others. If you want to learn more about us or send us a prayer request, visit our website, livingstreamscc.org. Thank you for listening. Take your Bibles and turn to Psalm 46, if you would. We are drawing near to God here at Living Streams, uh, believing in James 4.8 that says, If you draw near to God, he will draw near uh, to you. And uh, last week, as Randy said, we, we were drawing near to God's greatness. And I was thinking about our problems, you know, in our lives that we've, we've got today. They're so much greater than they were just a few weeks ago. But God's greatness is greater than all of that. And it's going to show up right in the middle of our lives because he loves us and he wants us to know his greatness. And today, we're looking to draw near to God's strength. You know, these problems, unless God does something miraculous, um, they're not going to go away. We're going to go through these problems. And so, we want God's strength to be able to do that, to persevere and do what he wants us to do. You know, if you start looking, there's some pretty incredible stories of the strength of human beings out there. Um, Every year, they hold a uh, strongest man in the world competition. And last year, Brian Shaw holds the title for for that, uh, the strongest man in the world. And he holds the title because he can do things like this. And I think he's, he's pulling two monster trucks there. So, you know, that's, that's pretty amazing. I mean, that's pretty, pretty strong, right? But to be honest, human beings are not all that strong. I mean, we weren't made that way. At least physically, we weren't made that way. Because uh, if, if, if you look, it doesn't take very much of uh, something in this life to, to cause us to be weak. I mean, there's this invisible virus. We can't even see it. And if Brian Shaw caught the virus, he could end up in ICU not being able to breathe. Um, the worries and the cares of, of our world, they can, they can weigh us down. And, and we don't want to get out of bed in the morning. So the stresses and the, and the setbacks, the storms um, that are all common in this life, they can cause us to feel weak. They can cause us to feel weary. And we just don't think we can go another day. So if you're feeling uh, your weakness today, your, if you're feeling the edges of your humanity, I want you to stick with me here for the next few minutes because we're going to draw near to God's strength and receive what we need. You know what? God is a lot stronger than the strongest man in the world. Um, let's pray right now and ask him to keep his promise of drawing near to us. Father, we come before you today. I'm thankful that we um, are setting this time aside uh, to know you better, uh, to draw near to you, to say yes to the invitation, to come into your throne room of grace and receive what we need in our time of need. What a gracious God you are, uh, a loving God, the one who has um, good gifts to give us and knows what's good for us and 
the timing of those gifts. So, Lord, we, we come before you as your children, and we come before you as needy people, weak and weary from this world. We come before you. Um, your word says, open wide your mouth, and I will fill it. Lord, we open wide our mouths right now and pray that you would fill us. Uh, fill us with you. I pray the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be pleasing in your sight. O oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, Psalm 46. As, we, as this psalm gets going, first thing we look at here is the first three verses. And, and we're going to find some strength for our minds. So let's read that. Uh, Psalm 46, verses 1 to 3. God is our refuge and strength. Always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. So just in that first verse, we've got some very strong, confident words that give our minds some strength uh, for this life that we're living. Just in verse 1 alone, there's enough solid rock truth to make you feel stronger. God is a refuge. Now, a refuge is a place of shelter. It's a place of safety and security. It's a place that you run to when you feel afraid or you're uh, in danger. A place that you can hide when the sirens start going off in your life. And every Friday in Indiana, um, there's uh, the weather sirens get tested at 11 o'clock every Friday all over the state, you know. And so you can hear them, hear them going off. And um, this is a nice system to warn us that the conditions are right for damaging or severe weather. So when you hear the sirens go off... Uh, when there's bad weather, it calls us to run to our place of refuge. So you're supposed to go to an inner room of your house. Maybe it's a bathroom. You're supposed to get in the bathtub. Uh, or maybe it's a basement you can, you can run to that's your, ref, that's your refuge. So when the sirens go off, you run to your refuge. Now, I'll have to confess to you that I'm not very good at that. Usually when the sirens go off, I run to the porch. I want to see this weather. I want to watch the storm come in. And so I'm out there and I'm watching it. And Lori's inside going, you need to come inside. And uh, I'm just ignore, you know, and I'm watching. But eventually, something happens that causes me to run to my refuge. Lightning comes too close to the house. Um, the wind knocks a tree over. And I'm like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> so I'm feeling that fear inside of me and so i go inside now immediately when i go inside that that fear sort of dissolves away it just sort of disappears and i can feel the strength of my refuge of my shelter and so god is a refuge that when the warning signs go off in your life when the storms are raging you can run to him you can run to his secure protection with your fear and weakness and what you will find is that fear and weakness dissolves like sugar in your tea that's right isn't it <laughs> somebody here said amen, amen. yeah so God is a refuge. It also says God is our strength. 
He's our strength. More useful truth for our living. But the thing is, I'm not sure we care. (laughs) Why would I say? God is our strength, but I'm not sure that we care. And the reason I say that is because we don't like to be weak. And we live in a culture, in, 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 a, in a world that says, you got to be strong. you got to take care of yourself. you got to be independent. you got to live strong and be strong. We say that to our kids. I mean, we want them to be strong. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, you know. Um, now, you might say that, that there's something wrong with being strong and you run out to the porch when you should go to the basement. I do not think that's wrong. Um, but what happens is when we're like that, when, we're having, when that's our pattern in our life, uh, we, we won't run to God's refuge when we need to or should to. And we certainly won't be asking for God's strength because we're working on our own strength. And when, we, when you live life like that, when you live life on your own strength, it will limit where you go and what you do and what you say. But if your mind can grab a hold of this truth that God is our strength, is there anything that we would not attempt if we, if we grabbed a hold of that, if we could wrap our minds around that? You know, I have several life verses, but the first one that I ever got was Philippians 4.13. Uh, which says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My mom gave me that verse when I was 13 years old in a frame. I still have it in a place and I, I see it every day. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now the truth is, in Greg's strength, I really can't do anything. Nor would I want to, because if I did, um, it just serves to lift up Greg's name. And that's not what I want to do with my life. If I would wrap my mind around God's strength and do things or attempt things that I'm not very good at, that I'm weak at, so that God's strength shows up, then when people say something, then I can say, look, it's not me, it's God in me. I would never be doing this or standing here if it were not for God. And that's the, the way that I want to live my life, lifting up him. There's a leadership principle that's taught that you need to learn what your strengths are and then you need to develop those strengths. You just sort of stay in your strength zone. So don't worry about your weaknesses. Don't try to work on your weaknesses because if you work, you're just not going to make any progress there. But if you just stay in your strength zone, you're going to go far. And I, I would say there's, there's probably truth in that. You'll go far if you stay in your strength zone. But won't, what you won't do is you won't know God's strength. You won't know it. Now, Paul had a different leadership philosophy. And I wanted to read to you something what he said about strengths and weaknesses in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 5 to 10. This is what he said. I will boast only about my weaknesses. If I wanted to boast, I would be no fool in doing so because I would be telling the truth. And he's talking about some amazing things that happened to him, some amazing things that that he can do. But he says, but I won't do it because I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear in my message, even though I've received such wonderful revelations from God. So to keep me from becoming proud... I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. And each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power or strength 
is works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That's a whole lot different than the message we get in our world today. When I am weak, then I am strong. Paul says that because he knew the strength of God. He knew the truth that God is our strength and he is glorying in his weaknesses. So we feel that weakness in our lives when we are confronted with the earthquakes and the trembling mountains. You know, as the psalm said, we will not fear when the earthquakes come or the mountains crumble into the sea. That's when that happens in our lives. That's when we can feel our weaknesses. So we, we, something happens and we don't know what to do. We don't have the answer. Uh, Something happens that's out of our control and there's just nothing we can do to to change it. Um, when When we get attacked by our enemy, Satan. When we are, uh, when we are in, uh, our sin and sin gets the best of us. When we're lying in bed and we're sick and we just can't get up, no matter how hard we try, don't have the, don't have the strength to get out of bed. When we don't have the, the money to pay our bills. And there's no way, no way to get it. When we can't stop our heart from hurting. There's just nothing we can do. All we can do is cry. All we can do is feel our weakness. Now see, all of these things are really just common experiences of walking this earth. They're common experiences of this life. But when they happen, we do not have to be afraid. When the earthquakes come, when the, when the mountains crumble, we do not. We run to God, our safe place, and he is our strength. And if we feed our minds that solid truth, then we're going to be able to say what Paul says, when I am weak, then I am strong. Another truth that we don't want to miss in verse 1, and that is God is ready God is ready. He is ready to help. I love the way the New Living Translation puts that. God is ready to help in times of trouble. So our strong God is not too busy for you. I mean, just think of that. He is ready to help. He knows what's going on in your life. He knows when the sirens go off. He knows the weather that's coming. And he's not too busy. He's not puzzled by the problems of the pandemic. He's not worrying about the problems in your life. He's never going to say to you, when you run to him, he's never going to say, hey, I'll get back to you in a minute on that. Never will. He is ready to help you. Ready to come in your time of trouble. See, he knows you. He knows uh, your life. He knows what's best for you. He knows when to give you the help knows what kind of help to give you that will produce the best outcome in your life. Now, you might not agree with that at the time, but he knows best, and he's ready, right there, ready ready to help. So what we do is we say then, let the oceans roar. Let the earthquakes come. Let the mountains tremble, because we can go through anything, because God is our refuge. He is our strength, and he's ready right there to help us get through it. Strength for your mind. Verses 4 to 7 will bring up strength for your heart. Let's read those verses, 4 to 7. A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. 
The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. So in those verses, there's some contrast going on between the secure city of God and the chaotic nations and the crumbling kingdoms that surround Israel. Now, the city of God is Jerusalem. And if you remember, in Jerusalem was the temple of God. And that's the place where he chose for his presence to dwell on earth among men in the Holy of Holies, in the temple, in the city of God, Jerusalem. Now, it is important to recognize um, that now the dwelling place of God among men is in the believer, in the follower of Jesus Christ. See, when you first believe in Jesus, God puts his Holy Spirit in you. It is his gift to you. It is It is your deposit guaranteeing your future home. It is evidence of your salvation. It is the reason why you don't have to worry if you're saved or not. He gives you himself. Now, it was a promise to us. Jesus promised his disciples in John 14, uh, verses 16 and 17. This is what he said. He says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit. Who leads into all truth. The world, cannot rec- the world cannot receive him. Because it isn't looking for him. And doesn't recognize him. But you know him. Because he lives with you now. And later will be in you. The later. Is now. Okay, for the disciples. The Holy Spirit was with them. And then later, he would be in them. You can read about that in Exodus chapter 2. For us, when we believe in Christ, when we're born again, Holy Spirit indwells us. The later is now. God dwells in us. And so what that means is he brings all kinds of help to us to live this life. So when we read things like Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, that says, Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. We want to recognize that the source of that strength is the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Now, it is absolutely fine to think that God is out here, that he's out there in the world, um, because he is. He is omnipresent. He is everywhere, all at the same time. He is present everywhere. But we want to remember that there is strength for our hearts when we understand that God dwells in us. The Bible says that the same power that caused Jesus to rise from the dead is living in you. Can you believe that? The same power that caused Jesus to rise from the dead is living in you. That's some strength for your heart. Would you rather have spiritual strength or physical strength? Now, don't answer too quickly. You need to think about it. Spiritual strength or physical strength? You know, I was thinking, I I sure miss the days of playing football and and running and dunking a uh, volleyball. 
And yes, I had to dunk a volleyball because my hand is not big enough to wrap around a basketball, and that still smarts, and I can't fix that. Um, uh, so I used a volleyball, and, and I could dunk. Uh, and, you know, there's maybe a couple people out there that could testify to that. Um, now, the truth is, I could try it today. I mean, right after church, I got the football in my car. Randy and I could go out here to the side yard. We could do some pass plays. We could run around. You know, we could do that. But then tomorrow I would be on your prayer list for healing. Randy would not. He's in great shape. But I would probably be in the hospital. And I, I know that with physical strength, we could pull two monster trucks in the rain uphill. Barefoot, with physical strength. But with spiritual strength, we can move mountains. Which would you rather have? Spiritual strength or physical strength? Romans 8.26 says, The Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. And then it goes on to name one of those weaknesses, which was, When we don't know what to pray, the Spirit groans for us. But I just kind of stop short and just the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. So there's a variety of ways that the Spirit brings us strength. How does he do that? How how does he give us strength in our walk with with God, in our walking in this world? I I have uh, just a few of them to tell you about. It said that the Spirit uh, would lead us into all truth. So the Spirit reminds us of truth in our life. And so... um, we, we want to remember this, that we are in a spiritual war. And we have an enemy who hates us. And he knows he cannot have us. But he can certainly try to mess with us. He can try to trip us up. He can try to slow us down. And he does all of that very well. Very cunningly. Looks good. Tempts us. All of that stuff. Now, Satan is called the father of lies in the Bible. And so when when he can get us listening to to his lies about who we are, then that just sucks the strength right out of our spiritual life. Right out of our heart. He tells us things like, you're just a failure. You're useless. You know, if you were really saved, you would not sin like that. I cannot believe that you call yourself a Christian and then you go and you do that or you say that or you think that. And you know, if he can get us listening to his lies and that tape recorder happens to go over and over in our head, it has a big impact on our heart and we begin to think that we are not worthy of of the kingdom of God that we're worthless, that we're not able to be used by God. All of that, I'm telling you, is of the enemy. But the Spirit comes along, and then he begins to remind us of who we are in Christ. Now, he does that through the Word of God when we're reading it, and he he tells us in there, Sometimes you'll be reading along and you're feeling worthless and God says, you you know, he reminds, listen, I died for you. You are one of mine. Sometimes that, that encouragement from the Spirit comes through another believer. 
And that's a beautiful thing. I just got that from my pastor, Randy, this morning before he started singing. Encouraged my heart to tears. Listen to me. Listen to the Holy Spirit. In Christ, in Christ, you are a saint. You are blessed. You are appreciated. In Christ, you are reconciled to God and you are going to be rewarded. In Christ, you are gifted to serve the King and His kingdom. And He has good works for you to do that He planned long ago. In Christ, you are a new person. The old has gone, the new has come. In Christ, you are adopted into God's family. You are a child of the living God, His son, His daughter. In Christ, you are loved, valued, respected, and you are on the winning team. That's a lot of things to be reminded of. And it brings strength to your heart. It lightens the burden of our life. It defeats the voice of the enemy. I was wondering, did you need that reminder today? Did you need that? Are you feeling like, you know, you're just lower than dirt? And you don't deserve any of this. Well, there's a part of that that's okay to feel. Is your strength for life gone? Because you've been listening to the lies of the enemy. Let the Spirit speak to your heart today. Let Him strengthen you about who you are in Christ. You are the beloved of God. He calls you my beloved. That is who you are. So the Spirit reminds us of truth. The Spirit also strengthens our heart by convicting us of sin. Now, that doesn't seem to jive, but just think about it. Um, Sin zaps the strength from our life. I mean, it beats us up, uh, mind, body, and soul. Sin weighs you down. And the Bible says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Uh, but get rid of the sin. I'm paraphrasing there, but you know, it mentions some things. But basically, that's what it said. Get rid of the sin. Well, the only thing you can do with sin in your life is to confess it to God and let Him take care of it. That, that's the only thing. So, so when the, the Holy Spirit tells you something that you're doing that's sinful, He convicts you, you want to take it to the Lord in prayer. You want to... Do 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So we take it to the Lord in prayer. We, are, we get honest with God. And then we just ask for his help. Say, Jesus, I cannot walk this way. It is not in me. Strengthen me to do it. Help me walk in your way. It is common for the Christian. Randy, I think last week he said something about living a life of repentance. That's our life. We repent of our sins. The Spirit convicts us. We take it to the Lord in prayer. We ask for His help. We want to walk away from it. 
So the Spirit strengthens our heart by convicting us of sin. He also strengthens our heart by bearing fruit in our lives. In Galatians 5, there's a pretty good list of fruit. Love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Pretty good list of fruit there. So we get strength. Strength to love the unlovable. Strength to have joy when we should be sorrowful. Strength to have patience when we are in a hurry. Strength to have kindness when it's not deserved. Goodness when it's not called for. Faithfulness when we're ready to give up. Gentleness when we're ready to beat somebody down. Self-control when we're sitting at the all-you-can-eat buffet. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He bears fruit for us that we could never do on our own. And all those things have an element of strength to them. Not our strength, His strength. And all of those things start on the inside of us and then they kind of work their way out. Now, all of this is a bit of a mystery. Because the Holy Spirit, you know, He's a bit of a mystery. Uh, how it all happens. But we want to remember what Jesus said in John 7, 38. He said, anyone who believes in me that streams of living water would flow from within him. You know, that's the, the verse that gave me the inspiration for the name of our church, Living Streams. And we want to remember that. It's a promise that we have that as believers in Christ, we will be able to live a resurrection kind of life, a life that's full of spiritual power and spiritual strength. And that just doesn't happen all by itself. It doesn't happen. God God involves us in our strengthening. You know, so we orient our lives uh, to the Spirit of God and we begin to do things Um, spiritual discipline kind of things that put us in the place for God to fill us. And so that's why we run to the Word, because it orients us toward the Spirit. And we have this thing going with God when we do that. We run to the prayer closet, and we have uh, time with the Lord in, in conversation. We come to church. I mean, if you're missing corporate worship, there's a reason, because it, it fills us with the Spirit. It orients us toward the spiritual life. So much good happens when we get to come together. Looking forward to that. Serving, giving, fellowship, uh, fasting, solitude, silence, all of these kinds of things God uses to orient orient us toward the Spirit and fill us with His Spirit. But we struggle. We struggle to know how that's happening, to know what that feels like. And we, we tend to live in our weaknesses. Alan Redpath, he, he wrote this article in Christianity Today about the Christian life. And I wanted to read just a little bit of it to you. He says, in many Christian circles, the Holy Spirit is either neglected, forgotten, or misunderstood. The one given to unite the body of Christ is the center of controversy today. So often Christians work and activity is so rigidly programmed that it seems like we no longer depend on the Spirit. Yet Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. Then he quotes Dr. A.W. Tozer, author and pastor. He said, if the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. 
And if the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop. And everybody would notice the difference. Oh, that cut me to the the heart when I read that. And I thought, how about me? And I thought, how about you? What if the Holy Spirit was, was withdrawn from your life? What kind of difference would there be? Would people notice a difference in your life? Now, if you would say, I don't, I don't think they would, well, there's, there's two reasons for that. This is a gray area. It's, it's not a black and white. It's not black and white. But if, if there would not be any difference, then it's very possible that you don't have the Holy Spirit. And, I mean, we, we've, we've grown up in a country with freedoms and the church and the message. And many of us grew up in church. And we know all these things up here. We know that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. We know that he died for me personally. And we agree with that. We thank him for that. We know that that grave is empty. We believe that. But somehow, we've never trusted in it with our life. We've never given Jesus ourselves and said, come into my life and walk with me. And until you do that, there won't, there won't be any spirit. Now, it could be that that happened for you. You know when it happened. You were born again. And, and the Holy Spirit is just sort of neglected in your life. And you're running on your own steam and you're struggling through life. And um, either case, either case, if, if, if that is true in, in your life... It is the reason that your life is dominated by sin, that you are unproductive in the harvest fields, that there is no spiritual life really in your life because of the Holy Spirit not empowering you, not living through you. You're just weak because human beings are weak. So you need the Spirit's help to strengthen you to strengthen your faith, to give you courage, to help you read the Bible, to help you pray. You need the Spirit's strength to confront sin, to confess sin. You need the Spirit's strength to have fruitful spiritual conversations, to disciple someone in this life. You need the Spirit to help you worship, to help you love, to help you grow to help you give, to help you serve, all of these things. You say, wow, Pastor Greg, that sounds like my entire life. Yeah, Jesus said, if you don't abide in him, apart from him, you can do nothing. Nothing. You'll just be weak. So where do we start? Where do we start? Well, it just it kind of depends on your reason for... You're missing out on the Spirit's strength or His presence in your life. It kind of depends on the reason. If, if you have all this head knowledge of, of Christianity and what Jesus has done and all these things, your step, your next step is to trust Christ with your life. To say, listen, I am tired. I am weak. I am weary. I am not living in victory. I am stumbling. That is my life. Start at square one. Say, 
to him. Just, I believe in you. I believe, won't you come into my life? Make me a new person. And, I, and again, this isn't black and white. It, it could very well be that I just described you and you know you're born again. And if that's the case, then you know what? Let the Spirit convict you of that. And then, and then just turn to him and ask him to fill you. Start by asking him. Desiring his power in your life. I think we, I think we don't want to desire him because he th- we think he's going to make us go crazy and we'll make a fool of ourselves and do something stupid. You know, we'll look foolish. But does, do, do you desire for the Holy Spirit to live through you? The power of God living through you. Desire it, you know, and we should pursue it. Pursue the Spirit like never before in your life. Now, listen, I'm not suggesting that you need to have another experience to be saved. I'm not saying that at all. When you got saved, you were born again. That's an experience. You were baptized in the Spirit then. And so there's one baptism and then there's many fillings after that. And so something somewhere on that line is where you are. And you need to ask for God to either save you fill you, or fill you. And when that happens, you could have an experience. And I think that would be a great thing to have an experience of power with the Holy Spirit. He is the secret to to the strength for your heart. He is how we overcome. He is how we persevere. We don't have to make it home on our own strength. Praise God. On his strength, we make it. We have victory. We bear fruit. There's strength for your heart here. All that we need. The final part of the psalm tells us how to kind of tap into uh, the strength. Because the the strength goes from your head to your heart to your feet. So let me read read verses 8 to 11. Come, see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. So verses 8 and 9, they're they're calling us to look again on the greatness of God, the, the, the mighty acts that he has done, his strength in action, his victories. I mean, he is Awesome. We are to look upon that. And then God says to us, he says to us, this is how you access the strength. He says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God and that every knee will bow. In heaven and earth and under the earth, every knee will bow and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. Everyone. And then the psalmist ends with a reminder that Almighty God is with us. He is in our corner. He is inside of us. He is our mighty fortress. So it is important uh, to spend some time alone in your quiet place and be still before God, looking at his mighty works in your life, looking at what he has done, his glorious works. And listen, it's so important that if you don't do that, you can't do the next thing. And the next thing that you do after that is move your feet. You move your feet. The strength that you get from the Spirit isn't just for your prayer closet. 
It is also for the harvest fields. The, the fruit that the Spirit wants to, to, to bear in your life isn't just so you can have a great, abundant Christian life. It is so that you can show other people who Jesus is and what He is like. The strength the Spirit gives you has a purpose beyond you. So being still and knowing God starts in your closet, but it continues Outside your home, outside the church, you go from in there to out there. You go from the bench to getting in the game. Now, I have a, an example to show you of exactly what I'm talking about. So watch this. <laughs> God wants you on the floor. Such a good example of what we're talking about. We're praying on the bench, and then we go get in the game. And when you get in God's game, it's very likely you won't end up on a prayer list hurting yourself physically (laughs) and asking for healing. It's possible, though, for sure. So we're going to close the service here with Randy coming, and he's going to lead us in another song. Um, And we're going to be still, and we're going to know that God... Is great, and then we'll we'll spend some time drawing near to God in prayer as Ampanetti joins me. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer, drawing near to God's strength, and I'll pray, and Anne will close for us. Um, let's just bow our heads and close our eyes. Um, oh, great God, we thank you. For the truth that you give us in your word. You are a refuge. You are our strength. And you're ready. Ready to help us in our time of need. Lord, I pray for those that are feeling their weakness today as we Draw near to your strength. I pray your spirit might fill them, fill them up to meet them in that weakness. So they could say, like Paul, when I am weak, then I am strong. And for the ones that are feeling the, the fears about what's going on, Lord, I pray, I pray they, they sense your presence there as a refuge around them, your, your walls of strength surrounding them, that that fear might dissolve away like sugar in tea. Father, I pray for those that are worried, worried about their finances, worried about their jobs, worried about their health, worried about what's coming next. I pray, Lord, that they might be able to cast their cares upon you because you care for them. And they would sense your strength reminding them of truth that you are a provider and that with you 
no matter what happens, no matter what comes, no matter if the earthquake happens, the mountains crumble in the sea. You're there. You're the, the mighty fortress. I pray for those who are struggling, trying to live this life in their own strength, Lord. Fill them up with your spirit today, Lord. Fill them up with your power. That same power that brought Jesus back from the dead. Bring them back from the dead today, Lord. Give them the fruits of the Spirit in abundance in their life. Cause them to glow in the darkness. I pray for those, Lord, that have questions about the Spirit, that He seems so unfamiliar, they don't recognize Him in their life, that they might see that they need Him. And then that means they need you, Jesus. Pray they would open their hearts today to trust you for salvation, for forgiveness, for leadership, and for strength. Don't turn anybody away, Lord. It doesn't matter how long they've known the truth. Let them believe the truth today. Lord, as we, as we are here in this moment, in this place of nearness to you, want to be still just a moment. Reflect on your mighty works. Thank you, Jesus, for all the mercy and grace that you've poured out on us in our life. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for that mercy that's new this day. I need it today, Lord. Lord, I pray these these moment, this moment, people would know your awesomeness, your greatness, your readiness, your strength. Heal the brokenhearted. Save the crushed in spirit. Be near to us this day, Lord. Father, we continue to thank you that you are an almighty God who has invited us into the quietness of this moment mm-hmm. of being with you. There is no fear. Mm. There is no distress. There is no death. Mm. You see life. Mm. So forgive us, O oh God, for the fear that we have listened to, we have sowed in our hearts and even put to our feet. We ask that you would place us on that solid rock that does not move, that is immovable, that is faithful. 
We choose, Father, today to lift up our brothers and sisters in the congregation that are new graduates, that are newly married. And this whole scene is something they don't know what to do with. Mm -hmm. No one's been through it, but you knew it would happen. Mm -hmm. You knew the date of the graduation. Mm -hmm. You knew the date of their wedding. This is no surprise. So lift our sights to you and your purpose and your goals. Mm -hmm. Ours are much too small Mm -hmm. for what you wish to accomplish Mm -hmm. at this hour. We pray, Father, for those that are in nursing homes, Mm -hmm. that are imprisoned. They're feeling alone and can't be Mm -hmm. where they want to be, do what they want to do, hear what they want to hear. But you do make health calls. Mm -hmm. So we ask that you would stop by Mm -hmm. each heart and feed their mind on the truth Mm -hmm. that their hearts would be set free, Mm -hmm. that they would be the missionaries and the good news where you have placed them Mm -hmm. today. We pray for our our local missions, the Coffee House, Hope House, Mm -hmm. the others, Father, that we are working with and through Mm -hmm that you would cause each of us to pause. Take our hands off the steering wheel Mm -hmm. and you redirect our focus to you that you would set our purpose to be aligned with yours in this hour. Mm -hmm. We pray for our missionaries that are in Tennessee in Central and South America. Mm -hmm that over in the Middle East, for in India, Mm -hmm. for in Africa, that you, Father, would cause them to know that they are not forgotten, isolated, and put aside, Mm -hmm. but this is their hour. So raise them up with the truth of your word, equipped to do the exploits that you have for them. And, Father, for us as a local body, decisions need to be made of the direction that needs to be taken. Mm -hmm. We ask for wisdom, discernment, love, Mm -hmm. and oneness of mind and purpose and spirit to flow through this place Mm -hmm. that we would know that we have encountered the living God in whatever we say and do. So, Father, I'm asking with the strength that you've given to our minds, the strength that you've given to our hearts, Mm that you would now raise our feet up to go forward Mm -hmm. into the highways and byways of life, blessing you and making us a blessing to those that are watching. We give you the praise and the glory for being able to participate in this hour. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.